0: This episode of MBSing is sponsored by Iron Galaxy. Video ball is a piece of electronic entertainment. Video ball is a sport you can play. Video ball is a sport everyone can play. Go play video ball. More info at videoball.net.
1: I do my head toss. Check my nails. Baby, how you feeling?
0: Hello, welcome to MBSing. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is my friend, Will Bybee, and he talks to me about his love of Mel Brooks films. Uh, we tried to run the gamut and uh, cover everything. I'm sure there are stones we left unturned, um, just as he's so important. And uh, we kind of spoke more of his influence and kind of what he did with his body of work more than necessarily uh the details of any uh uh, one project um partially because of my own uh will so much more versed in everything than i am Uh, so i'm sure he could have done that with someone who uh, was as expert on the topic as he was uh but i tried to do my best lots of producers talk lots of young frankenstein talk lots of blazing saddles talk um think will considers those his big three and i think any fans of his will find a lot to enjoy in here um thank you so much to anyone who listened to last week's uh, uh fun live up from the chicago podcast festival i'm really pleased with how that turned out so uh, go back and check it out if you'd like and uh, thank you so much again to the fest for having me as a part of it uh also uh was a part of the festival was our very own and by our I mean the Nerdalog's very own your stories. If you want to see another uh, live Your Stories coming up this month, we have a show on December 17th. That will be the fifth anniversary of the show. We're doing it at The Hideout, which is such a cool space and venue for this show. I'm so excited about it. The uh, guest list is already shaping up super great. Your Stories all-star Mike Gifford, past guest of this show. Um, another past guest of showing, great friend of mine, uh, Matt Young, will be on uh, the docket for that one. Just going to be a, a really uh, fun um, night, and I encourage everyone within the sound of my voice to seek out tickets for that event and uh, listen to other episodes of Your Stories. I really think it's it's a good uh, storytelling venture, and um, I think that the best ofs that will be coming out in the... Uh, next few weeks will be a great entry point into uh, exploring it. Thank you so much to the continued support from the Chicago Podcast Co-op. I couldn't be more overjoyed to be a part of that, along with your stories, along with um, another show that uh, it's just announced its final episodes. Uh, talking games on the uh, uh umbrella of. Podcasting is uh, calling it a day. They think they've said all they have to say about video games and I don't blame them. Congratulations to go those guys for all of the work they've done over the last few years and uh, giving people a platform to talk about uh, games that they love. Um, so if you're interested in that, check out a bunch of uh, back episodes that all will exist in perpetuity um, and listen to them down the pipe as they wrap up the show. Um I think that's about all I've got. The Nerlogs have a uh, live streaming show happening this Friday night around eight o'clock ish on our Facebook uh, page. We're going live, baby! So if you're interested in seeing us along with past guests of this show uh, separately, the Sweethearts Ryan Ben and Adam Shrek uh, opening for us, then I encourage you to be on Facebook on Friday night. Uh that's easy enough, right? Um if you don't watch it Friday, you can watch it after that. That's pretty cool. Um and like, you know, just throw on a Mel Brooks movie. I feel like it's going to be warm and good. Um and a welcome uh, reprieve and revisitation. And with that, here is Sweet Will Baby. You came straight from from the old Lyric. I did. Uh what did your job what did you do? What took up most of your time today?
2: Most of my time today, uh, I had to edit some emails mm. about coming to the opera. Sure. Um,
0: oh, I do that.
2: Yeah, I I like try to. to make them nice, make people want to come. <laughs> mm-hmm. I did a lot of research. Mm-hmm. Um, someone sent me an article about the Toronto Symphony. They've started adding listening guides to their programs that are all visual. So they'll show, and they'll show notation with dots and dashes instead of showing traditional notation. And showed, like, different instruments so that you can actually kind of follow along the piece cool. as you listen. Yeah.
0: Like, the, you have, like, the music in front of you as you as you listen?
2: Well, it's not the music. It's a, an infographic of the music. That's so cool. So you're getting – it'll give you an icon that shows what instrument's playing. It tells you kind of what the tempo's going to be like. Yeah. Where the big changes are, where to listen for, you know – uh, changes in dynamics or the climax of the piece that's really interesting yeah and i feel like
0: that would be so i'm sure there are a bunch of purists who are like pitchforks just enjoy the music
2: <laughs> there are a lot of those
0: <laughs> um, is that like your constant struggle <laughs> well,
2: it's not always my constant struggle my uh-huh. constant struggle is how to make something relatable that's going to be enjoyed by the people who sit in the most expensive seats and the people that sit in the cheapest seats, the people that have been coming to the opera for 50 years and the people who've been coming to the opera from 20 minutes ago.
0: Sure, but that's awesome. I mean, I feel like being able to use um, those kinds of resources in a way that, like, they haven't just been readily available to us before now.
2: Oh, yeah, I mean, we've got, you know, the Internet. Mm -hmm. We can give people the program beforehand. We can give them excerpts and tell them, know give a pdf and link to like hey this is what we're talking about here
0: that's really cool and uh they don't have you know it's all up to the, the oh, yeah. audience member um as long as it's not too distracting for anyone else around them i guess I that's mean. the conversation
2: well it's just like going to a movie you can come as prepared as you want mm-hmm. and know everything about it mm-hmm. or you can come and just let it let the experience happen around you
0: i'm a i'm an experience happening around me kind of gal
2: I'm a nerd. You like reading into it? Everything has Really?
0: That's so funny. I don't even like listening. I love Film Spotting, the Chicago show. uh, uh, And I don't like listening to it if I haven't seen the movies they're talking about. I'm just like, no. I want my opinions
2: first. Well, it's... And with opinions, it's a lot harder. Sure. Because you don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. I read. I just read a book by Pauline Kale, who was the big 20th century critic uh-huh. um, before uh, Siskel and Ebert. Sounds familiar. They were, yeah, Siskel and Ebert were good friends with her, but she was writing all of these critiques, and they're great because they're, you know, all of them are coming from the strong female point of view, which cool. is very rare for a lot of newspaper. Yeah. Especially in the it's, 60s I was going to say, the especially 50s. then. Mm-hmm. And it's all a lot of French auteur films. Oh,
0: gosh. Yeah.
2: And I had no idea what she's talking mm-hmm. about, but she said it really well. <laughs> sure. Right. And w- and that, you know,
0: is, it's interesting. It definitely, I mean, the guys on film spotting do these big, like, marathons, and they always do deeper cut movies. Powell and, Pre- Powell and Pressburger was one of theirs, and, like... Like Those it, are the best Yeah and I was gonna say I mentioned that specifically Because I knew you would be On board for mm-hmm. something like that But I'm like I'd, I've i seen like One of their films I think uh, And I had to watch it For uh, a film class in college Red, You know like it's,
2: Red Shoes or Black Narcissus
0: It was not I started to watch Red Shoes During the marathon And I never finished it And I feel bad Because it's that's so the one That everyone talks so good, about It's so good it's so pretty um, is one of their movies, um, 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 uh, blow up?
2: Hmm. I don't know. Okay.
0: It might be crossing wires, but I think mm-hmm. that's one of the ones they talked about in the, in the marathon.
2: My fave films is actually of an opera. Oh. It's tales of Hoffman. So it, it, they've took it, an entire French opera, translated it into English and they performed it all and they didn't record anyone. So it's all elaborate ballet and everything's dubbed over it. Uh,
0: whoa. So
2: it is very it is the most gorgeous movie. That's awesome. It's Martin Scorsese's favorite movie.
0: No shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's stuff like that where they like they're getting deep into like influences and et cetera. And like I think recently this year they did like a Norwegian movie marathon and I was like Norwegian like I can barely keep up with all the American ones. <laughs> so I'm. I'm pretty basic I think
2: (laughs) there's nothing wrong with that
0: uh my wonderful day is Will Bybee and I'm glad we're already talking about movies because that'll just be a seamless transition hi everybody (laughs) um are we gonna talk Mel Brooks yeah that sounds fantastic it's one of those things where when you talk to a bunch of comedians uh for a long time I'm surprised something like that hasn't been done before
2: I'm I can't believe it.
0: <laughs> uh, what would you say is the
2: origin of your love for
0: Mel Brooks movies?
2: Oh, I, I I wouldn't say it's the first Mel Brooks movie I saw. Okay,
0: that's interesting.
2: So the first one had I'm positive it was Men in Tights. Okay, and I saw it pretty close to when it came out. So I was I was little. Yeah, sure and I didn't really get it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, there's, I know this is funny because my parents are laughing. Mm-hmm. And then growing up, my dad was like, you know, you'd really like Young Frankenstein. And like as a kid, you know, 10 or so, I'm sitting there like, mm, this isn't black and white. This seems boring.
0: It is like the thing that you have to buy
2: into to watch Young <laughs> Frankenstein. Well, the only reason people buy into The Wizard of Oz is because they know it's going to be color <laughs> later. Yeah so young frankenstein was my dad really wanted me to watch it Uh uh-huh and i don't think i saw it until i was at least in junior high really where we would watch young frankenstein and blazing saddles Mm -hmm. and then i was in yeah and then i'm like oh i get this
0: if if you can watch young frankenstein and you don't find it funny then you're probably you should probably just like steer clear of any other Mel Brooks stuff
2: or steer clear of a lot of American <laughs> comedy. Yeah. Or anything a, anything parody based that's come since it.
0: That's a really, really good point. I, I think it's it's one of those that like if if you don't like that, it, like you may just not comedy might not be for you.
2: <laughs> it, it, it might not be for you. And you look at it and, and someone might come at it. It was like, well it's a it's a horror movie. It's a monster movie. Uh, it is kind of kind of and but it's no, there's nothing scary about it. It's just yeah. Dumb and it's vamping on. It's actually a complete um, map of another movie.
0: That's right. Of mm-hmm.
2: uh, v- Son of Nine, Right, which is a star-studded, like ridiculous film, with like Basil Rathbone. Um, Boris Had- Basil Rathbone is the the Doctor, uh-huh. um, who is the grandson of the famous Baron. Uh, um, Boris Karloff is the monster, and then B- Bella Lugosi wow. is. What Igor. the hell, Igor? Yeah. Uh,
0: how? When in the like process of being a fan of his work and stuff, I, I'm assuming you've seen *Son of Frankenstein* too. Yeah. So when did it get deep enough that you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna watch this old like original version that they're paroding, parodying?"
2: Parodying. <laughs> uh, I watched *Vengeli* one night, <laughs> and I was it was on, and oh, halfway wow. through, I'm like, this. Feels familiar. That's
0: so funny.
2: And it's really stylized. Like there's weird, awkward dinner scenes, just like in Young Frankenstein. Huh. And so
0: you didn't even purposefully seek it out. No. You just stumble, but the
2: universe gave it to me as a gift. That's so
0: funny. So were you still like in a teenager at that point?
2: Oh no, I was living in Chicago.
0: And you're just jamming out to Spanglish.
2: What? I mean. What better thing is there to do at 9 p.m. on a Saturday night? I can't think of one, William. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, I feel like that's so indicative of um, just your general love of, like, culture and what what makes it. Which uh-huh. also, I think, is telling about your Mel Brooks pick. Yeah,
2: I mean, I... I like to devour the whole thing. (laughs) Give me all the parts of it.
0: Sure. Uh, So uh, Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles, those were kind of like a one-two punch. you you watch those around the same time. I remember when I was growing up and my dad was finally like, you gotta see Blazing Saddles. (laughs) And I liked it. I think if I went back and watched it now, I would appreciate it more than I did then.
2: I get something different out of it every time I watch it. Yeah. There's I mean, a there's a little there's a line, a joke, a shot that is a definitely different every time. But when you watch the movie as an adult or you know as a as a man child, <laughs> you realize a lot of, you know, nuanced things mm-hmm. that you missed before. That being, you know, The things they say in regards to race which is very obvious and the things that they're also talking about you know government corruption and bureaucracy sure
0: yeah I didn't even think about stuff Mm -hmm. like that being a pretty big theme
2: I mean yeah I mean the governor is a mindless womanizer (laughs) who is just kind of puppeted by all the people around him Uh uh-huh there's nothing resonant about that in Uh today's world
0: yeah (laughs) you don't think so no not at all (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think that's definitely uh, both a mark of a, a great creator and comedian in general, but also just so specific to Mel Brooks. Yeah. I just don't think anyone was doing quite what he was doing at the time. Yeah. And and maybe even as well since. Uh, did you ever kind of like, did you ever sit down and just try to like plow through all of his movies or was it just kind of a gradual, um, let them come to you kind of thing
2: oh it was th- it was like that yeah. Um well I bought the box set when I was in college and then I kind of tore through everything okay uh, when I was hi- in high school uh, you, that's when the producers was coming out
0: oh sure yeah um, the
2: musical mm-hmm. so I was really excited about that and like me and my dad we could talk about coming up to Chicago to see the previews that's that, awesome that kind of fell through because it was hard to get up here and it was yeah. expensive and the tickets were it was it was the Hamilton of its time
0: Yeah, where'd you grow up?
2: I grew up in southern Illinois Okay, I thought you were in Illinois Yeah, yeah. so we could pop on a train and be up here in five hours Yeah Just in time for a matinee
0: <laughs> <laughs> But it was a high, yeah, I mean, I haven't I haven't seen Hamilton
2: That shit's expensive <laughs> I do the lottery every I do day. the lottery every day too I did it today knowing that I had this to do tonight And Ooh. I realized as soon as I entered, I'm like, I could win today And, and I can't go
0: I entered today too <laughs> We would have just had to figure it out. We would have just gotten you in and out.
2: I enter for the matinees, too, even though I know (laughs) I have work.
0: Yeah, that's one of those things where you're like, I have an appointment. I have a a
2: two-and-a-half-hour lunch (laughs) meeting (laughs) with...
0: Down the street See you later bye (laughs) There was one day at work Where I just had to stop myself From entering the 2pm lottery Because I was like You would not be able to leave And if you won You would be so pissed (laughs) So don't do it Well I think You know I'm just
2: Like four blocks away Mm -hmm. I mean
0: You could totally do
2: it You could totally do it It's excusable
0: (laughs) Everyone would get it It's a $10 ticket Yeah Yeah
2: the and the best ticket you can get.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. I was going to ask if, if you knew where the, the lottery seats were. Oh, I think they're front in room. the front. Yeah. Yeah. I went to a bunch of stuff in New York like that uh, one year, and it's, like, mind-blowing. You're just like, how? I just had to show up early this morning to get a $20 seat to this. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I think student rust tickets for any of the shows are like that. Yeah. I said I was a student and saw the Young Frankenstein musical from, like, the second row.
0: Yeah, how was that? It's not very good. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's, um...
0: It's no producers.
2: It's no producers. <laughs> so, um, back to producers. Yeah. Um, so we did get tickets when it came to St. Louis. Nice. And it was the day after Christmas. And one of my Christmas presents was the DVD of the producers, which Aww. they had just released. So I saw the movie... The day before I saw the show. So I immediately was making those connections. Yeah. And I kind of fell in love with the film.
0: I mean, you
2: are the producer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're like the human embodiment of the producers. (laughs) And I mean Mm. that in the best way possible.
2: (laughs) Because I know it so well or because I'm going to try to scam someone out of...
0: I just feel like...
2: My affinity for little old ladies?
0: I could just see you being in that show
2: <laughs> so easily. Well, in, in college, we they did the show. And um, I did make a Xerox of the entire score so that I would have it. <laughs> don't arrest me.
0: Um, uh-huh. Yeah, just don't... Uh, I'll not tag whatever you like. Music production. <laughs> I think it's Music
2: Theater International. Uh, yeah. Don't no. call them. Why did I say that? <laughs> no,
0: uh. no, no, no. Uh, bleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that one that one, mm-hmm. just keeps kind of like recurring, I mean, it would seem.
2: I, I know the producer's musical. It <laughs> give me Put a it couple on. hours rehearsal <laughs> and I'm ready. I'm ready to do it.
0: That's wonderful. I love it.
2: I was joking with a friend about you know we could just put it on mm-hmm. that me and him would compete over who would play Roger to play Bialystock, Stock, so mm-hmm. we would just kind of alternate.
1: Every
0: uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I mean, then who's your Bloom?
2: Well, my Bloom would, would probably be Steve.
0: Yeah, I you feel know. like Wolsey we'll would be a pretty good. bloom. you would be a great though, Bloom. Um, well, find a role for me in there somewhere. Uh, I talk about with one of my improv groups. Um, we recently realized that all but one of us knows, um, rent top to bottom (laughs) 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 and air though, we are, uh, mostly far too white for it. We just want to, want to pop that (laughs) sucker up somewhere.
2: (laughs) It's, um. It's a nice little period piece. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in you. You can make it happen. <laughs> There's so It's a very fine line of really offending a lot of people when you do rent. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you do it bad with a lot of white people. <laughs>
0: I saw a um, Northwestern production of it in like 2011 or 12, and there were two non-white people in the whole show, and one of them was in the ensemble. And I was like... Yeesh. like it was fine ooh. but it was just it felt like dirty uncooked. like it like, felt ooh. really weird it felt super weird it um, it's just like not what that show is
2: <laughs> no that show is diversity yeah it is to the mix. literally a rainbow of people yeah,
0: yeah 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 um so uh what so do you think that the producers is like your numbers won or do you not like to rank
2: the producers and young frankenstein probably fight for the top spot that's fair i've definitely seen the producers more than i've seen any other movie
0: okay like period or any of his probably movies probably period i mean if you're talking mm. in here talking about mel brooks it's probably top
2: of the list you know well, it, well it's you know it's his first and mm. it's a, is it i don't think it's I his knew first that. it's a, well it's his first yeah like it's feature? his first movie yeah and he won an Academy Award from it. Really? Yeah, he won for he won his Oscar. The Oh, he got no for um, Best Original Screenplay.
0: Oh shit. Yeah. That's awesome. I had no idea. He
2: did not think he was gonna win. He didn't write a speech. You know. And oh it just my kind God. of it came to be that this happened. And and if you watch the producers from like an analytical and comedy standpoint, it is incredibly efficient. Mm-hmm. It is a tight ninety minutes, for sure, for sure, for sure. I remember
0: even watching the like
2: remake of it and was like,
0: "Man, they moved through this thing." <laughs> yeah.
2: There's no there's no dead air in it. Um, but I watched it uh, right before my thirtieth birthday. I had a live reading.
0: Oh, I remember that. Yeah. And
2: I watched it so many times to make sure the script was correct because. Right. The script you can find online for free (laughs) is like the first draft.
0: Yeah. It's not a shooting script. Yeah. Where
2: Bialystok and Bloom don't go to Central Park. They go to Coney Island. Weird. And It is completely different. Weird. And a lot of the lines changed, you know, pretty dramatically. Yeah. So I watched it with the captions on transcribing the whole show. Of course you did. Yeah. Uh, If you're going to do it, do it right. That's so
0: funny. I love that. But I'm sure it was also really fun to see how the show progressed between, well, the movie, between um, that first script and what actually got shot. You feel like Mostel Mm -hmm. was, like, taking some liberties in there?
2: (laughs) Well, he's an untamable force. Yeah. Like, he's a hurricane in every sense of the word. Mm -hmm. You know, when you look at, you know, his reputation as a Broadway actor, everyone knows, well, well, that's... Let's see. Was and when he you, like
0: that guy that EU hired, even though he might
2: like be a wild card? Well, he did fiddler and you know all the yada yada yada. yada. <laughs> he just made that up. Like he just pulled that out one day.
0: <gasps> like, oh my gosh! He would just
2: kind of go off and do his own things. And when he did a funny thing, happened on the way to the forum. Yeah, that's that's where he would I do was kind of his, to him. his own thing. Um, He's amazing in forum. I mean, that's I have listened to that soundtrack. So many times. I love
0: that show. I feel like that show's pretty unsung. It is...
2: I think it's because it's a little awkward. Yeah. It's a a little... It it smells very much of the 60s.
0: Sure. It's dated as fuck. (laughs) But I think if you're willing to accept that it is a show set (laughs) in ancient Greece...
2: Written by the guys who did MASH.
0: Right. Uh, Yeah. it's, It's not... It's not like breaking down any any walls. It's not rent. <laughs> it's not doing all
2: white, all straight rent.
0: <laughs> but it's me. it's oh, yeah. so fucking funny.
2: It, it kills me every time. And it has time.
0: amazing music. And like Sierra Mostel is.
2: And I think in his original Hysterium was like Phil Silver. No, no, no. Phil Silver's was Senex. Mm. Oh, it was somebody just incredible. Is his Hysterium it was just a perfect double act.
0: Right. Right. It seems like he was just that kind of performer where like he wasn't like you got him on board and then everyone everything else also had to mm-hmm. be that level of uh of performance or just wasn't worth it.
2: I think the story goes when they brought in Gene Wilder to meet Zero Mostel. Like Gene was, you know, a timid man. Uh-huh. He was very Very bloom like. Mm -hmm. He came in and Zero just gets up, grabs him by the head, and kisses him right on the mouth.
0: Oh my God. And it was one of those like, ah, perfect. Oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah. I love hearing stuff like that because, like, yeah, that's what you imagine that guy is like.
2: (laughs) He was an intense man. Yeah. Like, to the end, like. Yeah. Uh,
0: How do you feel like mel um is the like driving force behind all these things like i guess just like kind of speak on what how you view him as a creative
2: well as a creative force he's especially in the early movies he's he's at the center literally like he's in the movie as a central character sure (laughs) that's okay uh and I think a lot of it comes from his head. It, the producers was all him. Then Young Frankenstein was him.
0: He wrote it. He directed mm-hmm. it. He was like
2: there. The producer was, it's was his was baby. Everything. his baby. Well, th- when he wrote it, they're like, he pitched it to um, I think Dick Glazer, who was the producer, the actual producer of the producers.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And he's like, well, who's going to direct it? Well, uh, why shouldn't I direct it? I know what this looks like. Yeah. It exists in my brain. Yeah. I know how every shot should be. So that's how it worked.
0: That's awesome. It's so crazy to uh, – uh, I remember talking to Scott Braidman about Charlie Chaplin, and he mm-hmm. said Chaplin was the same way. Like he would just like kind of demand creative control, and I feel like it takes a really specific person to be able to pull that off. You know what I
2: mean? Yeah, well, and look at I – mean, you look at Chaplin movies – how could you give Chaplin a note about <laughs> Chaplin being Chaplin? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, like, oh, I think the tramp should walk like this. Uh, really?
0: No. <laughs> really? Yeah, but he's the tramp though. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> yeah. Sure. I'm just like, I think there is something to be said for these uh totally like unique people mm-hmm. who can just like create all this like that.
2: And, you know, every, as the movies moved on, he added more and more people to the... Like, uh, Blazing Saddles came to him as, as another script. Oh. Like, they, they came through as a concept and a basic script. And then he got he group, brought a group of writers together, um, including Richard Pryor, so that they could be racial, even though Richard Pryor wrote none of the racial stuff. Really? No. He wrote all the dumb stuff. He wrote all of Mongo.
0: That's so funny.
2: Richard Pryor was also kind of out of his mind oh, the entire sure. time. Yeah. Yeah. As anyone <laughs> as Richard Pryor was in the 70s.
0: Yeah, but he was also like the, the biggest funniest, comedian. The
2: probably funniest man of the 1970s.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And else and it, it's not it, I think it's really interesting that he didn't write much of that material because mm. that was so much of his like stage stuff. It
2: was so much of his stage stuff and then you look at it later on you know, had Richard Pryor been uh, Bart, that would have made so much sense for all the collaborations that he did with Gene Wilder in the 80s. Sure.
0: Um, How do you think... uh, I mean, you mentioned this before with Young Frankenstein, and I remember um, actually on Film Spotting, the aforementioned Film Spotting, They did a list of like top five non kids movies that they wanted to just make sure their kids saw. Mm. And Young Frankenstein was their list, if not topping it. Um, And one of the reasons was because they felt like it informs almost all comedy as we know it, (laughs) especially comedy for kids, in the sense that it's just so like parody and. Um, you know slapstick and like all these things that just define what comedy is how I don't even know what to like I guess like how did he do that like (laughs) what what even was before that that existed like that it seems revolutionary
2: I don't think anyone really did parody as head-on as Mm -hmm. Mel did and you know Young Frankenstein was it was a, the idea of Gene Wilder and Mel working together. Sure. So I don't want to I don't want to downplay the, That's the late Gene point. Wilder mm-hmm. um, by any means. Mm-hmm. Rest his soul.
0: I yeah I don't think anyone would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think it was just you know one more crouch oh, yeah. kick of this year in uh, people that we lost.
2: Who's next? I know. Oh. <laughs> But I did get to see Mel this year, so that did make up for it.
0: Right. Um, yeah.
2: But Mel, Mel's. He
0: was at the Chicago he theater. Was at
2: Chicago theater to a packed house, playing Blazing Saddles and doing a Q and A afterwards.
0: Oh, what a dream!
2: Imagine being in an audience where everyone laughs at every single joke. Like every every single joke is a complete full roar from the crowd. That's amazing. It was, it was a, a religious experience.
0: I I got, just got chills. That sounds awesome everyone knows it as well as you do and, and everyone's just mouthing
2: these just foul things oh
0: god like a movie that would never get made now no ever
2: <laughs> it couldn't have be, it couldn't have been made 2 years after it was made i don't think
0: i really think it is so singular like mm. it 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 like both pushes boundaries and like just does things that would have been too like People would have killed it. Yeah, I.
2: There's no way a studio would let it. It would have to be, nothing could have been done on that scale because yeah. it's very big. And man, sets or everything—it was an expensive movie. Mm-hmm.
0: We're gonna need a shitload of dimes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it it costs a lot of money to get Slim Pickens involved. In a movie. <laughs> <laughs> it would have to be an independent movie now. Yeah. And it would have to be done with. Tons of money, and no independent label has yeah all the money required to make something a feature that's on that scale, big sweeping. Frankly, in many ways, looks like a John Ford's sp- spaghetti western. For sure, it does. Yeah, it, it looks it totally looks legit. Part. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: it's so. But funny. then you have
2: to also pay for Count Basie's orchestra to come and <laughs> park in the middle of the desert. Uh, <laughs> it's things like that that y- you're. So surprised. Yeah. Like you see, you know, that, that's a let's talk about that moment. You see Bart on the horse wearing a new leather suit. And you hear, you see his bag is Gucci. Mm-hmm. And you hear April in Paris. And uh, you know, oh, this is this is a jazz classic. We're really just ah oh, yeah, we're we're, this we're playing is up for the this fact moment. that yeah. he is a confident black man. Uh-huh. And then Fancy he goes. And then we see. Living legend Count Basie is playing the soundtrack for him. Yeah. It's just a constant reminder. We're fucking with you. (laughs) Guys. Yeah. Just want to let you know. Yeah. (laughs) This is a joke. Yeah. We're. This is satire. Right. Right. When they hand out the the paddle boards in in lieu of pay. Mm. And he's like, ah, this is broken. And then. uh Oh, I've lost his name. That's okay. My he I'm just, not going to be able to help. Harvey Corman is able to do it immediately. It's just reminding you, oh, this is a joke. Yeah. These are grown men in the government office playing with toys. Right. This is a joke. Yeah. Don't take this too seriously.
0: Sure. And it's so funny to think about, like, <laughs> the, like, Count Bassey, uh, 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 cameo made me my mind wander to like what do modern comedy cameos look like and it's like fucking Mike Tyson in the hangover you know what I mean like it's all gimmicks It, yeah it's very it's it's gimmicky and it's very like money
2: kind of contrived yeah
0: I mean to be
2: like we're going to a birthday party oh there's this band's going to suck
0: yeah yeah and it's
2: it's Nickelback, right. and you're right.
0: <laughs> yeah, next, I, that would be
2: that would be good. I was gonna that say that that's actually pretty funny.
0: Uh, <laughs> I, the thing I thought of that I think effective and also like is maybe as close to uh, I I'm not gonna try to like compare The Lonely Island to Mel Brooks, <laughs> but to me, Lonely Island uh, like fucks with audiences oh yeah in in a pretty similar way uh and their you know their cameo is going to be like Michael Bolton and he's having the best fucking time areas you know what i mean like i i think and that has such a direct like you know the the Venn diagram there like uh, mel brooks ha- absolutely influenced those guys oh, absolutely it's Are all over it
2: as <sighs> as you know a a, gr- a group of of Jewish New York boys they <laughs> are they're born they Springtime Steinbrenner Hitler is, was playing when they were being delivered <laughs> it's a standard thing
0: yeah that's so true i didn't even think but about that but you know the. this
2: that's definitely is painted you know it's painted everyone who studies comedy mm-hmm. you know then you look at it you know, go going back to talking about how young Frankenstein works for kids sure. is because it kind of does fall on and as a parody it just kind of inherited this it falls on kind of character tropes mm-hmm. you know there's the, the rich fiance mm-hmm. there's you know the, the sexy assistant <laughs> who and there's there's the straight man who is the doctor right and then there's the clown who's Igor so you can easily kind of identify you know after, as soon as you've seen Igor the first time you know every time you see him you're going to laugh
0: that's really, really true.
2: The moment you see the first time you see Inga, she's making a sexual innuendo and you're laughing and, you know, pretty much all every time you see her g- is going to be a sexual innuendo yeah. and you're going to laugh. Yeah, sure. And every time Frederick does anything, he's trying hard not to break
0: to, like, keep it all together because yeah. he
2: knows it. Like there's a classic like destiny, destiny. He knows it's coming. So every time you see him, you know something about his future and his ancestry is going to kind of seep through, and that's going to be funny.
0: There's so much truth. And anytime to Madeline Khan
2: is on screen, ever you're going to laugh. <laughs> so just praise for that. <laughs> yeah, sure,
0: sure. Uh, I think there's there's so so much truth to that, and I think that that's at the that's like the crux of comedy filmmaking Mm -hmm. is building in the uh exposition that like lets people know when to laugh yeah and i think that uh, going back to like if mel brooks movies were to try to be made now and they would all have to be independent films because no one would back them as Mm -hmm. studio projects Mm -hmm. um i think that also is uh, an important part of the conversation, where like the role that television has taken over mm-hmm. in filmmaking, um, because so much of like character exposition in comedy, it works so much better in TV because well, you, you can, have more time. You can
2: have a whole episode to explain it, right? And I think Mel does a pretty good job of kind of. Showing you who they are. Yeah, I you guess. know you know Max Bialystok because he's fooling around with Estelle Winwood. Right, right. Immediately,
0: right, right. And you're like, "Jesus. she's riding Christ. him like a horse. Yeah, he yeah, breaks, yeah.
2: He breaks a coffee table and doesn't blink an eye, and you're like, oh, this man has a problem. That's
0: such a good point. I, I guess I'm just saying, like. To me, that just points out how fucking good he is because Mm -hmm. so few comedy films exist now in the way that his films do. Like, comedy has, for the most part, become um, a television art form because if it's not a blockbuster or an indie, it doesn't exist Mm -hmm. in film. And even then, people aren't as good as he is (laughs) at writing that exposition you know what i mean it's exactly what you're saying is that first moment you're like oh this guy's uh, like will do anything (laughs) he will do anything
2: (laughs) and it's gross it's real gross (laughs) and you see and you learn bloom immediately because he sees how gross it is and is terrified right pure little virginal leo Bloom Uh is just shocked that anyone would do, do that to do that yeah mm-hmm. I, you know and this goes back to you know, the only I'm trying to think of a recent comedy that is similar with the way it's structured and exposition and the only thing that's really bringing about is Lonely Island is Popstar because you immediately oh you're in this world yep we're going to act like you know this already yep. and you're already a fan. Yep. And that's what that's where this documentary begins. I actually thought that they, too, so I'm glad they, you brought it up. They just start and then they backload everything mm-hmm. with exposition. And
0: it's genius. Yeah, which it, is fine. They they build it as though you know the
2: world already, mm-hmm. like you said. Yeah, it's great. I don't need to know your life story. I don't need to care now. Yeah. I need to care in an hour and 10 minutes uh-huh
0: and you when do the
2: crisis happens yeah but I don't need to care right now uh, help me it's fine
0: yeah you see like the what is it the donkey donkey roll <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you're like oh I know exactly what this boy band was you know like <laughs>
2: and it was it, it was the soundtrack of every dance I was in in, in high school in junior high
0: exactly it's And it's funny that That music is a part of that too uh, But I do think it's That's The music has always been Intrinsic in uh, Lonely Island projects Um, But yeah That's so true Or even with something like MacGruber It's like That movie Is still Banking on the fact That you know who MacGyver is Yeah You know like It's all just MacGyver parody Mm -hmm. And you That's why it's immediately Funny to you
2: But even You don't have to know MacGyver, right? To Intimately, know that mm-hmm. you just need to know the idea of like, oh, this is this guy who unrealistically does things. Yeah, exactly. And wears flannel.
0: I think that's why improvised Star Trek is so funny. Exactly. Like, I don't really like Star Trek uh, in the <gasps> sense that I don't know it. Let me be clear. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. No one take that out of context. Uh, let me be clear in the sense that I haven't watched it. I don't. I don't like it because I don't know it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know. A bumbling captain. I know an overfeeling communications officer. You know what I mean? Like they nail. Uh, I know an an entirely overanalytical scientist. Like you do. <laughs> uh. But it it it, it, it character is yeah. so imperative in all of these. I think. Um. And and all of that is sh- straight up Mel Brooks.
2: Well, yeah. Uh, you look at you know look at any of the movies um, you know with uh, blazing saddles you're meeting you meeting bart and your first introduction is like oh <laughs> he he has an issue with authority mm-hmm. and he's a smart ass yeah you just you're you're getting it uh-huh doesn't waste any time mm. it gets a little bit harder with some of the later movies like uh history of the world it's because there's kind of there's different scenes it's more that's the word I'm looking for. Vignettes. Yeah. Uh, for
0: sure. And not really like a through line. It's almost mm-hmm. like a sketch show.
2: It is. Uh it's a sketch show that you should have used more Sid Caesar in. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Is that uh, your biggest critique of History Lore? Oh no, though? I love <laughs> History Lore Part One.
2: <laughs> um, I think it's there's a there's a there's a there's a, a lovely shade of eighties on it. Mm-hmm. that um, you watch like, okay, well it's still very funny mm-hmm. and it's so full of great jokes mm-hmm. but it's just not it's not my baby no um, i get
0: that and i think that that kind of comedy in particular is very uh raw, you know over mm-hmm. like like everyone's always commenting on history oh yeah that's the th- i mean we just spent how long talking about how much we want to see hamilton <laughs> like it's 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 we all we have is our past you know uh so i feel like that maybe is part of it
2: maybe i think that movie definitely did kind of set a different tone for the movies that came after it uh for his movies i think so you know the next up was either high anxiety i might be doing this all out of order that's okay take me to task (laughs) high anxiety is a you know an homage to Hitchcock That Hitchcock loved Cool um, I've never seen it That it makes is, me want to see it But you watch it And every every little thing is A Hitchcock, Hitchcock. reference Hitchcock reference Hitchcock reference um, And then you get to Spaceballs Which Spaceballs is admittedly A movie made for 12 year old boys <laughs> And every joke is making a joke about Yeah Like a, a, a body part
0: <laughs> Spaceballs Spaceballs is very or, specifically
2: stupid Or talking about Star Wars yeah. Or Star
0: Trek. Yeah, that makes sense. And it, Pizza the Hut. Come on, <laughs> that thing is fucking gross.
2: <laughs> but it's a funny joke. But
0: it's, of course, it's funny. But it's like fucking gross funny. <laughs> it's <laughs> like not he died like died in the back seat of a car. Doing putting on the Ritz with Frankenstein funny. <laughs> <laughs> Which,
2: who would have ever imagined
0: that? Right. Um, Right. I think that's probably the difference. Mm-hmm. It's like anyone could make like space <laughs> jokes.
2: <laughs> um, Well, we kind of passed over one of my favorites in the late 70s was silent movie.
0: Oh, wow. I don't know if I've ever even heard of silent movie.
2: Is that a joke?
0: No, I'm serious. <laughs> I'm bad.
2: Um, My dad l- loves silent movie and he always made reference to there's only one speaking part in the movie. And it's famous mime, Marcel Marceau.
0: Oh, shit. That's crazy. That's hilarious.
2: (laughs) So the the crux of the movie is it's Mel Brooks really playing himself or like a cartoon version of himself Uh and his two buddies, who are Dom DeLuise and um, Marty Feldman, and they're trying to make a silent movie.
0: Oh, my God. So it is a
2: silent movie about making silent movies.
0: You're giving me just like a film list.
2: And they are driving around Hollywood trying to get – all of the big stars would be in their movie. They're trying to get Burt Reynolds. They're trying to get Liza Minnelli. Oh, my they're trying God. To get, um,
0: but um, it's all silent. Yeah. Oh, my God. And they're
2: trying to get Anne Bancroft. It's all silent. And Mel loved the idea. And then he realized, oh, I can't talk my way out of this. So his approach to exposition is a lot different because it's much more in that silent tradition of we have to show you precisely
0: oh yeah sure whereas usually
2: mm-hmm. he's such a like jokey so it's like quick fi- title cards it's you know showing how do how do we show that he's down in his luck how do we show that people don't trust him how do we show that this guy has no idea what he's doing and he's in over his head
0: back more to that like charlie chaplin school mm-hmm. of filmmaking exactly that sounds incredible
2: it's great and it's also it's it's this cast of yeah. I mean you've just rattled everyone off just hilarious ridiculous. Um,
0: I the idea that Mar- uh Marcel Marceau, Marceau <laughs> is the only speaking character. <laughs> and
2: what it, and I'll I'll just give the wood joke away. It doesn't it, it won't ruin your movie experience. He's calling all of these people to see if they will be in, be in the, movie, the movie. And everyone else either responds silently with a title card, uh huh, Marcel Marceau picks up the phone and says, No. That's so amazing. And, and it's this this little kind of gem of a movie that didn't make any money. Yeah. Which we've only seen one silent movie make money in, in their last you know 50 years. Yeah. It, it didn't was, make that much money.
0: Yeah. And even then, it was still, you know, it was like Oscar money. <laughs> it was Oscar money. And yeah. It was a little
2: prestige. It was cute.
0: I liked it. I liked it. It was definitely cute. Is it a best picture?
1: Probably
0: not. What should have won that year?
2: I don't remember. Uh, in in
0: your humble opinion i don't remember. i liked it nominated. but i also think i was like underwhelmed by a lot of the others fair so mm-hmm. um but i could see why in any it here's the thing would it have been an interesting movie if it wasn't a silent movie of course not but it was yeah So it was. And it was charming. You know, it's kind of like that boyhood thing. It's like, Mm -hmm. would it have been a great movie if it wasn't filmed over the course of X number of years? Of course not. But it was. So it was. (laughs) 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 Like, if a gimmick works, then it works. Yeah. You know? Uh, And that's kind of how I felt about The Artist, Uh, which I don't even know if we'd ever said the title of it. (laughs) The Artist. (laughs) We were just dancing around it. Some people are thinking, like, was. it? Did Gravity have dialogue?
2: <laughs> um, I think Gravity would have been brilliant without any dialogue.
0: I think so, too. I think it would have been better. I thought the script was awful. Yeah, it was this pretty. It was just gorgeous, and I totally... Didn't it win, like, Best Director, but not Best Picture? Yeah. That's fine.
2: Alfonso won, won for that. He should have won for Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> I think we can all agree on that.
0: <laughs> I've been reading... Um, The Cursed Child. Uh, I just
2: finished part one, and what's gonna happen in part two? I don't. They gotta fix stuff. They gotta fix stuff
0: stuff up, and now they gotta fix
2: it. (laughs) It's a huge. What are you? How do you feel?
0: It's fun.
2: I don't love it. It's really elaborate, pretty well thought through fan fiction.
0: Yes, it definitely feels like fan fiction. Some
2: like massive. head scratchy potholes
0: yes i don't i think it doesn't treat its adolescence at with as much respect as the book series did Mm -hmm. does that make sense i think that the book series really respected everything that the young people did and the choices that they made and it really like um baby some Yes, and kind
2: of like poo-poos everything that they do,
0: right? And it, it makes their decisions look ex- incredibly rash in a way that
2: if I, Harry I, did it, no one would care.
0: Yeah, right, right. And, and uh, uh, it, it, granted, I've only read the first half, but it it feels like good fan fiction for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I do love that Hermione is um, her name is hyphenated yeah. uh, because like that's very of course um of fucking course it is like yeah.
2: <laughs> um, I'm not gonna lose my muggle name, yeah thank you very so much. it
0: just feels definitely true to like the world that it's set up and the characters that yep. were already established I don't feel like there's too much of a betrayal of of the characters as mm, they were no, already presented no. I just don't love the way that the adolescent characters are, mm-hmm. are treated especially thus far like I said I haven't I'm talking about a play. Halfway through it,
2: <laughs> we're chatting at the intermission. Yeah, and this this goes back to uh, there's also, it's very very heavy gay overtones.
0: Oh, like with this. all Albus and Scorpius.
2: Just say it, Joe. <laughs> make him gay, Joe. Make it happen. <laughs> you don't don't make us assume that Dumbledore's gay. Yeah. Maybe in the next Fantastic Beasts, Dumbledore will be. Out and proud.
0: I I would be really interested to see that series kind of address more interesting because that's kind of what like the new Star Trek movies are doing. Mm-hmm. That um, uh, fingers crossed we see <laughs> Finn and fingers Poe crossed. getting at each other. <laughs>
2: that jacket looks good on you. Uh, you know?
0: Yeah, fucking so gay. Like that jacket looks good on you. With Get the it. Lip bite. Come on. <laughs> Oh man! Um,
2: Who wouldn't melt if Oscar Isaac said that to them, though?
0: <sighs> my my boyfriend's favorite joke to make about Star Wars is, um, "Can we role play The Force Awakens? I'll be Poe Dameron and you be Poe Dameron." <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and
0: it makes me laugh, and then we laugh and laugh, and we don't do it. I promise that would be weird. Um, um, could could you be
2: could you be Poe Dameron, <laughs> and then I would like. Um, could I be uh, Oscar Isaac in um, <laughs> Ex Machina? That'd be okay. And then we do the dance. Can scene. you
0: be yeah. Podameron and I will be Lewin Davis?
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're over here playing the whe- the wheel of Oscar Isaac.
0: <laughs> Legit, I would screw any of those characters. So whoopsie.
2: <laughs> I don't think this is a secret.
0: <laughs> um, who do you think? Is well, we have kind of talked about like, um, uh, The Lonely Island a lot because I forced that like comparison. <laughs> but I also think it's it's, I think a it's fair pretty one. natural too. Um, do yeah. you think there are other like other things that you you lo- find yourself really loving because you see Brooks's influence in it so clearly? Huh. I know this is tough because he kind of has his fingers and everything
2: yeah I've never really I mean he's everyone looks up to him and every he's you know you can smell everything that's ever been done that's parody right is paying an homage to him yeah you know every time that someone does like the Bob's Burgers just did a producer's parody really
0: oh I'm sure it, that was like thanksgiving
2: it's a Thanksgiving episode <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's everything to me <laughs> It's everything (laughs) to me. (laughs) Combining my my two dear loves, yeah,
0: it's everything. uh, That's mostly
2: like I kind of look at that. You look for the characters that come back. Anytime there's like an an Igori assistant, you see that. I I can't think of anyone, anything offhand. Nothing's fresh in my brain. Like where I see like a whole completed piece, I'm like, "Oh, this is sure. This is a complete love letter to Mel Brooks." Mm-hmm.
0: It's also, uh, I think, hard to do that because we have Mel Brooks. Yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, not to like, I told you an impossible question to answer. <laughs> well, no, no, I, but I, even the Bob's Burgers thing—that's mm-hmm. like, that's,
2: you know, exactly. And you know, would I love the fourth season of Kirby Enthusiasm? Any. Would I love it if it wasn't a full-on producer's parody the entire season?
0: Probably not.
2: <laughs> okay, I'd probably love it, but I wouldn't love it as much. <laughs> I mean, the last episode with, with Mel and Anne Bancroft sitting at the bar cheering uh-huh. about how the producers is going to be done forever. That's so funny. It's so perfect. Mm-hmm. <sighs> no.
0: So basically, it just permeates so much that
2: yeah. there's so much more to love. Oh, I think... It's because it's so. He plays it so kind of serious and head on. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're. High Anxiety is a straight on. We're going to do jokes about Alfred Hitchcock. Mm -hmm. So you're really. It's hard to separate when someone's making a reference to Vertigo or if they're making a reference to High Anxiety. Are they making a reference to Blazing Saddles or are they making a reference to
0: Spaghetti Westerns? Any
2: of the Spaghetti Westerns, any of the, the John Wayne movies. Because. Those in themselves are chock full of jokes, like it or not. Mm-hmm. It's hard to really define that. Are they are people aping on young Frankenstein or are they just going after jokes that are related to the universal monsters?
0: That's a really yeah. good point. Yeah.
2: I think he's you know, his work is really in perfecting an art form where it's really taking and putting comedy onto something or pulling the comedy out of something that already exists. Mm-hmm. And when you see that, you see any parody is that. Yeah. Um, and I think where you see where it su- succeeds is when it does that, when it's finding the comedy that exists in the genre and making it rise out of it. Right. Which is why Scream is Scream is still very funny. Sure. But Scary Movie is not funny because Scream is taking it's really taking the horror genre and it's bringing all the comedy that's in it out, all of the ridiculousness don't answer the phone don't be alone the scary movie is the complete opposite where it's taking it's taking the tropes of a horror movie and just throwing as much joke garbage and hoping that something sticks
0: that's i'm i'm listening and nodding mm-hmm. because i think all this is incredibly like prescient like all of this is really really on point um and i think that's a great way to look at it is like this commentary is always going to be way more interesting than like just a shotgun of references. Yeah. Basically.
2: Cause, you know, as much as you love a shotgun of references in an improv show where things are just being thrown out at it, that's great because that's coming out of someone in real time. Sure. When you're seeing a movie, this is a, a completely sterile yeah everyone has calculated all uh-huh. of these jokes
0: and to go back to we talked about this off mic uh that i saw bad mom holiday that the bad moms was incredibly guilty of that oh yeah of like you know like let's just throw in a game of thrones reference because mm-hmm. people watch that you know like uh uh it, it's not actually like mm-hmm. doing anything to like further that as a joke besides just being like oh game of thrones you know that, so it's
2: funny and I think it's going to be interesting, In and in Bad Moms was written by the guys who did the Hangover series, and there's a lot of dick, fart, and vomit. Uh, and I think that's in their DNA. Sure. Gross.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but 10, 20, 30 years from now, when we look back at movies, are we going to look at things in a timeless view? Are things going to feel really... Uh, of this era oh wow i guess that was funny then
0: this may very well be a time of looking back on like what people felt like they could get away with now that they couldn't before i i I, so it'll be interesting to see how comedy progresses past that Mm -hmm. i think
2: i I think we're going to reach a point where people are going to be looking back and saying Maybe we should have been watching all of these independent films. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not that I can name one off the top of my head right now. Independent comedies or just like yeah, kind independent, of in general? Independent comedies. Okay. We'll stick We'll stick within the, the com- comedy realm just to be like, oh, well, this is something that's kind of pure mm-hmm. and nice. I mean, some of my favorite movies
0: are things that I would consider independent comedies. Like, um, I mean, Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah. Come on. Like, mm-hmm. it, that, it's, there's just so, I mean, I'm also a sucker for, like, a comedy with heart, which oh, yeah. I don't think comedy has to have, but that's just what it I sure prefer. Helps. It sure
2: It, I think um, it helps, too. And back to our, back to our primary objective. No, Brooks, <laughs> every movie, if you look at it, it kind of goes into being a love story. Mm-hmm. Whether it's, you know, Max and, and Leo or oh, I love that Bart and, and and Wicked Kid. It's really you look back at it, and it's especially with with Max and Leo. It's mm-hmm. the tension that builds within them, and like they're fighting, and then they apologize, yeah. and then they realize, okay, we're just gonna get this back to normal.
0: Yeah, Max, like, Max and Leo n- is very um, the Bill Nye and his manager uh, relationship oh. in Love Actually. <laughs> oh, Billy Mac. <laughs> We have tiny pricks. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, and uh, when you were saying, when I was, you were saying independent films, um, mm-hmm. and they're not independent, but really the Edgar Wright movies.
0: Yeah, sure.
2: Directly, I mean, finally they came to my mind. Yes. Those absolutely.
0: Great, great, great example. Great and example. You look
2: at them and they are, they're really extracting the comedy that's in it. Yes. Like,
0: fantastic example. What's.
2: Funnier than a zombie movie. Yeah, this is a a completely impossible plot. And him just like wandering
0: around in among all the zombies, totally oblivious. Like Mm -hmm. so smart. Like which,
2: frankly, I think would even be more effective now because we are walking around a lot of zombies. Peak zombie.
0: Yeah, yeah. I man, I'm so glad you thought of that because the DNA there is so similar uh in terms of extracting that that good genre stuff and that's stuff.
2: even y- you can look at episodes of space that they did in the late 90s and it's really beautiful parody and being like oh well let's take this thing that we love and let's let's see what we have in it that we can make better yeah let's see if you we found we noticed something in this little gem of a of cultural icon that you missed mm-hmm
0: even something as weird as like it to go to, to stay in TV is like the Drew Carey show. Mm-hmm. I feel like did some really cool, interesting yeah. stuff in terms of like fucking with the structure and finding the comedy within s- sitcoms, uh, and in a way that I'm I'm not sure many other shows ever have tried to do.
2: It when you look back at the Drew Carey show specifically. How like it was a hit? Yeah, it was huge. Yeah, its biggest competition, you know, was like Home Improvement, Mm -hmm. which which Home Improvement, as much as I loved it, it's really hard to watch now because it's it's so formulaic. Yes, um, it's the difference. You know, it's not in formulaic in a kind of a trite fashion. Sure, Uh, the Drew Carey Show. You didn't know the beats of it. No way. It wasn't like an episode of Full House. You, there's, there's no telling where this is going to or go. Or even
0: an episode of like The Office. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it, it, even if you're just talking about workplace comedy, mm. um, Drew Carey's show definitely like fucked with the formula a lot. Yeah, because
2: he had he had friends throughout the building. He had friends who just would show up. Yeah. Like. He had an outright straight-up enemy. Yeah,
0: sure. Yeah. Uh, And they would just, like, have episodes that they, you know, they did, like, musical episodes Mm -hmm. and pop-up episodes and, like, never questioned the... You know, the world... They just accepted it in world my, in this
2: really beautiful way. My first introduction to the Rocky Horror Picture Show and Priscilla Queen of the Desert... Same. ...was from their Midnight Movie episode. Rocky Horror for me, yeah. yeah.
0: Like, the Time Warp... I knew about Time Warp from Drew Carey <laughs> before I knew about Time Warp from Rocky Horror.
2: I knew... This is an, uh, a very odd connection. I knew... About the Time Warp, the song, uh-huh. because it was used in commercial promos for syndicated reruns of Star Trek The Next Generation.
0: Oh, weird. <laughs> I think so that says funny. a lot about me. It does. <laughs> it really does. Uh, that's so funny. I love the idea of trying to like eke out all these places where these people have to have been... Like, directly influenced
2: by the kind of stuff that Brooks did. Hey, thank God for VHS tapes. I right. Think, <laughs> I think so many people either right. had an illegal copy of Blazing Saddles, like, just wearing out one from the video store. Sure.
0: Totally. It seems like that for sure because... I think that even people in like my slash our generation of comedy, if we were that influenced by it, I can't imagine like the ones that exist between Brooks and us. I can't
2: imagine the people 30 years older than I am that can quote it as well as I can. Sure. Have I
0: mean, my dad's favorite comedy is properly placing saddles. And I mean, he's, he's, he fancies himself a comedian though. So <laughs> he is not one. That's but where you get it from. <laughs> great. <laughs> You're right. Um we both fancy ourselves comedians. <laughs> um but yeah, he could quote it up and down, up and down. And 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 I'm sure he watched it an innumerable number of times, you know, on VHS, on TV, like, etc.
2: And if you want to watch something interesting, watch Blazing Saddles on TV. Yeah. Like
0: what are they what even makes it in there?
2: <laughs> it is just a lot of awkward bleeps.
0: <laughs> they um, gotta gut the thing.
2: It's you know it's not as as outright foul as like a Big Lebowski where sure like they they cut out like a half hour and then just kind of silence most of it. Uh huh. Like Blazing Saddles, it just it loses everything that makes it funny. Sure. Because everything that makes it funny is everything that's biting.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah, it it it's supposed to be a commentary, mm-hmm. uh, and I think if you didn't have that in mind, you would be horribly offended. Yeah, you know. Um, what do you think... What's, like... What did... Melbrook's still kicking, but he's not really, like, prolific anymore. No. How did the trajectory kind of, like,
2: cool off? Well, he... So through... You know, through the 80s, he was doing History of Part 1. Mm-hmm. He did High Anxiety. Um, he starred in To Be or Not To Be, but he didn't direct that. He helped rewrite that script um, with Anne. That movie didn't make really any money.
0: Yeah, I'm um, not super familiar with it. I'm ver- assuming it's, it's very Shakespearean parody. It's
2: very good. Parody. It's about uh, a group of Shakespearean actors who work in a theater in Warsaw, and they're trying to <laughs> sneak all of um, all of the Jews in the cast out. And Hitler comes for like a command performance. Oh my god! Um, it's based on, on a movie. Uh, I think Franz Lubitz directed film from like the 30s. Wow. Um, or the or the 40s, um, starring Jack Benny. Oh, so it's, awesome. it's 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 a it's a remake that is like a loving homage.
0: That's really interesting know. to know that it was like a comedy
2: first as well. And and it was not a parody. It is directly a remake. Oh, oh wow. The most beautiful thing about it is that there features a duet with Mel singing Sweet Georgia Brown, Bullish, With, and Bancroft. <laughs> um, That's awesome. I think, and then, okay, so time goes on. He does um, Robin Hood Men Tights, which is huge.
0: I mean. Which it, is
2: absolutely gigantic.
0: It has to be the biggest critical or, mm-hmm. uh, 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 um, you know, blockbuster success of his career. I, I would think. I would say
2: that uh, – yeah, well, and then Spaceballs was in there too. Oh, sure. And Spaceballs, I think if it had come out like in the time that Star Wars was still coming out. Yeah, when? It, I think Spaceballs was 87, I think. So it was like right after. So four years all of after, them came out? after Return of the Jedi had been released. Right. Had it come out in 1981, People I think it would have been incredible and it would have made. i bet t- you're right i think it still made a lot of money i bet you're but it right. wasn't as relevant yeah so he didn't really you know tap into the zeitgeist mm-hmm. finger wasn't quite on the pulse <laughs> not quite yeah and then uh after men in tights he did life stinks which i've not seen whoa blind uh, spot well it's it's about a ceo who makes a deal Um, it's like a reverse Brewster's Millions. He makes a deal with a friend um, that if he gets all this money or this property or what have you, Mm -hmm. if he can live as a homeless person for a week. Right. And then like he falls in love with a homeless girl and it's very sweet. It's not a good movie (laughs) by all accounts.
0: (laughs) Which Um, is, is that kind of why you don't want to taint it? Do you feel like you've seen a not good Mel Brooks movie? Um,
2: the Twelve Chairs, which he made right after he did The Producers, is Is he's definitely finding himself in it. Sophomore slump. Kind of. Uh, it made money. It is funny, but it doesn't. He doesn't have his sea legs yet. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's definitely worth watching Mm because it's trying to do. It's based off of like a, a book, and he's trying to be very true to the book without being too funny. Like you see, you know, Dom DeLuise is in it, but Dom DeLuise isn't making you laugh. So it's you're waiting for the jokes to happen, Uh-huh. and they don't always do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a film. Mm-hmm. I would say, like, cinematically, it's one of his prettier films. Like, as far as like, it's a very kind of directory film.
0: Sure. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. But it's not that, a very that that was like that early on in his career that he was like aesthetically making a good mm-hmm. movie, but not necessarily on paper.
2: Yeah. Like it's, I will rewatch it on occasion, but it's not. It's not my go-to. Twelve chairs. The twelve chairs. What's it about? It's about um a family who's um, in the Russian Revolution. Like they had been taken over, and you know this bougie bourgeois family had been all their stuff had been taken over and put into a museum, and the grandmother on her deathbed tells her grandson. That she sewed all of the family jewels into the the cushions of one of these twelve chairs that were their dining room set.
1: That's so funny. So
2: the movie is
1: them trying to get them all trying the stuff to get back. this
2: down, and this this old man t- getting involved with it, and them trying to get riches and okay a, and and a comedy of errors. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the rest are the rest are really. I think the rest are rewatchable. Really like I didn't see Dracula Dead and Loving It until. Within the last couple, three, two, three years. Yeah, I've never seen it. It's uh, it's very funny. It's a I'm lot, pretty, lot I'm pretty, I'm about maybe
0: half and half or less on all these movies you're talking mm-hmm. about, by the way, uh, which is like, I know, probably pretty um, uh,
2: sacrilegious, but we will get fine. around to it. It's <laughs> fine. You're always talking about her. Yes. And we can power through. Pop I've in the box set. I've got a, I have uh, a new roommate who is from Australia, so I've been actually taking time be like okay these are movies you need to watch that's
0: awesome
2: uh, so yeah i love that naturally the producers young frankenstein and blazing saddles are, are top of the list
0: sure sure um i've oh, seen all those just see, then you're good you're just good. You're good. to be those clear are
2: the, those are those are <laughs> i've seen the those are yeah those are the, i've seen the those. those i've are,
0: seen history of the world like I, i've seen the big ones i think obviously mm-hmm. men tights, like who the fuck
2: I mean, it was everywhere.
0: Yeah, like, we watched it at, like, you know, church youth group sleep <laughs> You should not like have watched a church youth group sleep I don't know. Sleep-ins. We're pretty chill. <laughs> yeah. It's the Catholics. <laughs> I do remember watching with my um, Episcopal, like, college youth group. I think we watched, <laughs> uh, fuck,
2: History of the World. That was very apt. Yeah. Youth group, fuck. History of the world. Okay.
1: <laughs>
0: um, oh yeah, I'm still a really fucking devout
1: Christian.
2: <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs>
0: she said, laughing heartily. oopsie.
2: She's got a Bible open right in front of her.
0: <laughs> yeah, this whole time.
2: We were we were we were praying earlier. Yeah,
0: I'm gonna say a bunch of Hail Marys for all of these uh, bad words after we leave today. <laughs>
2: I will, I'll let you guys know. I'm <laughs> yeah. a priest late, too, so Please. I get to take confession.
0: Please, uh, yes, communicate all of my acts of contrition. You're ordained, though, right?
2: I am an, or, I'm an ordained minister. Yes. But that's not a priest. No. Like, it means I can sign a marriage license. Right, right, right Which, right, if right. you need somebody, I can make line. lots of Mel Brooks references <laughs> in <the> ceremony.
0: <laughs> I did see Rob Grabowski uh, marry a oh, couple yeah. recently, and that was like... I'm pretty sure that's probably about as close to as like a Mel Brooksian <laughs> <laughs> wedding as could happen. <laughs> Cause he just has that, that <laughs> tendency. You know, Rob? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: I think that I did, I did one. Okay, all of my weddings have been a bit of a comedy of errors. <laughs> <laughs> so there, one in particular, like the, the groom had given me like a, a flask and all the grooms when I was just hanging out with him. They're all my friends. So. Yeah. I was half in the bag uh-huh. for that ceremony. Uh, I mean, g-
0: I feel like that's what most wedding ceremonies are. N- maybe not the person marrying them, but yeah. at least the groomsman. You know, it depends. On, the depends on your mates. preacher.
2: it Depends on your priest. Uh huh. <laughs> um, but then I did one for some good friends, and I we really did it up the night before. Mm-hmm. So I was still in real. <laughs> I was not. I was not well. <laughs> to say. To say the least.
0: Again, I feel like that probably applies to a lot of wedding parties.
2: <laughs> I had given myself a little black eye.
0: <gasps> William.
2: Which the mother of the bride and the bride thought was hilarious and laughed in my face. That's great. So it was great.
0: That's great. That's what you want. Joy of
2: joys. this We live life to have stories. Yes. If it was a boring wedding, then we wouldn't talk about it. Yes. Through our circuitous path here.
0: <laughs> I love it um what do you think uh what do you how do you feel like mel is still like i mean what did he get the mark twain award like mm-hmm. three or four years ago do you think he's still like is he sitting at home like resting on his uh laurels or
2: i think he's always thinking about things yeah i think he's always kind of like he'll something will come to him and he will write it down like he hangs out with Carl Reiner every day. Yes, like they get dinner and they like watch Jeopardy. I think I think Mel's always thinking and he's always observing. Uh, I think he's always ready to for the next project. Um, just doesn't have. Yeah, I I, you know, I don't see him doing another movie. Mm-mm. I don't see him writing another musical. Please, I, I kind of hope he doesn't do yeah. we don't need a blazing saddle mu- movie musical did he
0: have hands in the young Frankenstein movie? you know
2: it's all him oh really yeah he's not great he wrote all of it it just it's a you look at it and the story just doesn't work the same there the individual numbers but the plot is a little doesn't quite work out right and the, the some of the casting was off really you know bummer yeah but I mean you look at the producers and I will say if we can't pinpoint Mel Brooks's influence in film directly we can definitely pinpoint his influence in musicals. You think so? There, uh, look at any, any Broadway musical that's funny. Yeah. Sure. He opened the, nothing in the first you know, the first five minutes of the show he says, who do you have to fuck to get a break in this town? He opens the gates and says, this is what this show is going to be. Yeah. Who knows what it's gonna be we're gonna say next?
0: Sure, yeah. Musical comedies. Like book wouldn't have happened. Damn. Without
2: the producers. Spam a lot wouldn't have happened without the producers.
0: That is all very there's a that holds a lot of water. Mm-hmm. Because Producers also was probably the first, like yep.
2: s- well, it's we It's the had, first recent blockbuster musical
0: sure and what year was the 2001 2001. so did that i'm thinking of other things that came out of movies because Mm. now that is like the direction that musicals go because it's the direction everything goes Mm. in terms of creating things out of an already existing intellectual property with the built-in audience
2: well disney had started they had done Beauty and the Beast. Gotcha. Um, Lion King. Yeah, and Lion King was... was Hairspray? A- Hairspray and Lion King were afterwards, but there had been things earlier on, like, like Sunset Boulevard. Okay, sure. Uh, what else would have been... in the 90s?
0: But the Disney... Oh, Ragtime. Those Disney yeah. musicals also, the songs were like already in existence which is not always true for these other projects
2: you know Waitress is out right now and It's an an all new score because there's no songs in the movie no it's just
0: the baby won't you cry gonna make a pie
2: (laughs) Um, I really want to see that show
0: because I've listened to a lot of the music and I love Sarah Bareilles and what
2: um, Jesse Jesse Mueller (sighs) Guys, have you all uh, listened to the beautiful soundtrack and cried? I have. If you can
0: listen to "She Used to Be Mine" without crying, then we're different
1: people.
0: <laughs> like that song makes me weep, and her voice is otherworldly. Ugh, I want to see that show. Anyway, <laughs> they also
2: they make the theater smell like pine. You can buy baked goods and oh, lobby.
0: that's right. Oh God, it's I want to see that show. My
2: it might be just the Twias thing.
0: I love I that movie, though.
2: You need it. You I, I want
0: to see that show. I'm probably going to wait until it comes to Chicago. That's it will,
2: as long as it smells like pie.
0: Yeah. I'm <laughs> oh, in. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, I saw the once musical. I liked it. Is it as good as the movie? Of course not.
2: Is it because Glenn Hansard's not...
0: That's part of it. No one... <laughs> I mean, Steve Kazee is a fine <laughs> performer. He's not Glenn Hansard. He's not your boy. No one is Glenn Hansard. Like, the person that mm. I saw in Chicago was great. He's not Glenn Hansard. Mm. Like, no one can sing like that. Yeah. It, it's, you know... Uh, it's not Broadway, first of all. You know? Yeah. it's It's, you know, the streets of Dublin. Um so anyone who does it is going to be more broadway than that and it it was good it wasn't Glenn Hansard. <laughs> they exist as two different things to me which well, is yeah. i think how i'd probably feel about the waitress
2: musical which is i think you, how you have to look at every film adaptation mm-hmm. like even even the disney ones the beauty and the beast the musical looks different and feels different mm-hmm. and it has one of the better songs that was cut from the movie human I mean, again Human again. It's so good. good. I'm hoping I'm hoping it's in the live action adaptation.
0: I'm, I'm looking forward to that too, but it's mostly just because I fucking love Beauty and the Beast. Like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> you, you're alive. You I'm have a, a pulse. I'm
0: a human. I was born in 88. Like, it was one of the first things I saw okay. that just blew my fucking pants off.
2: We've got Matthew Crawley and Hermione Granger.
0: Right? Come on.
2: Obi-Wan Kenobi is Lumiere. What? Gandalf is his Cogsworth.
0: <laughs> Come
2: on, and Professor Trelawney is Mrs. Potts. Come on, guys! Oh my
0: god, I for- I knew Emma Thompson was in there somewhere. Oh yeah, she's perfect. <laughs> anyway, this is true, this is true. <laughs> but they're gonna make. I just saw something that was very eye roll worthy that they're making into a musical because it's just like it's all everything is cash grabby now. Um
2: well, well the, but occasionally things are okay like when you make a terrible spider-man movie music <laughs> and you just eat it all
0: see that one that that one hurts me because i love you two i love them and it's, it's i've just, listened to some of the music i've seen some of it like in video clips and i've read a little about how the production went and it all is just hot trash.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one of those... It sounds like an idea yeah. that would be pitched in a show, in a remake of The Producers. Sure, let's yes. Let's make a movie that's going to... Let's make a show that's going to be a surefire flop. Okay, let's make a musical about a superhero. Right. And there's special... Fa- who's going to do the music? Okay, well, there. He's, he's New York-based. Um, let's get... Let's get you two. <laughs> Nothing makes me think Spider-Man more than you two. Yeah, it really. I it's, mean, if if super if Spider-Man had like a, he's a high school kid. He should have like a like a punk rock score. Yes,
0: or, totally. Yes. Or
2: like a pop punk score. Absolutely. That, would have that been sounds a awesome. A little bit more like pitch perfect. I've
0: actually been yeah sure sure.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I've actually been thinking about. Uh, I was listening to a bunch of pop punk over the holiday, and my boyfriend and I were like. Why aren't there pop punk musicals? I mean, you have American Idiot, Mm -hmm. but that's like, that's what that's like singular. You know what I mean? Oh yeah,
2: and that's a straight up like jukebox musical where they're just like we're kind of putting
0: a plot on this, but it's mostly just us singing through American
2: Idiot. (laughs) Sing this for you, and it's pretty. (laughs) You're getting to listen to the album, Uh a beautiful cover Uh that's got lights.
0: Uh huh. Uh huh. But there really isn't like, no one's really done anything with pop punk and Broadway. Maybe for a reason, but I don't know. We're probably gonna keep kicking this idea around. <laughs> well, I mean,
2: I am I'm not a I'm not a, a pop punk composer. I I feel like if it were to happen it would be someone would do it jukebox style.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Uh, uh, we're we're kicking them all around. <laughs> Which is fine. You know,
2: as long as you can be like
0: do a, do a jukebox
2: musical where you know, the show is happening and this is the music that's happening around them.
0: I think that's what it... Because so, you
2: couldn't really drive the plot.
0: With yeah. No. No. And I don't think you would want to drive the plot with, like, a bunch of Blink-182 songs
1: or something. Because <laughs> you can't. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. <I> mean. um, <laughs> uh, what do you... Do you think there are any other Mel Brooks movies that, like, if you saw them go to Broadway, you'd be like... <sighs> Okay. <laughs> like you said you don't want to see Blazing Saddles. I
2: don't b- well I think I'm I th- Blazing Saddles couldn't work. I don't think so either. It couldn't work. It requires just <laughs> being bla- blatantly kind of mean and mm-hmm. small-minded and that's and you need horses and explosions and you've got to break through the studio wall to interrupt an all male dance number. Right.
0: Yeah, and that's just not really most of those things are really I would if they were to are. make a
2: musical that was based around what the French Mistake was supposed to be a part of. That's so funny. That I think is great. Like a spin off musical. <laughs> spin off. It's all about it's all about Dom DeLavis's character as the director. That's so and funny. And This, this over the top gay dance crew. <laughs> what if and their cowboy boyfriends. <laughs>
0: That's so funny. Like, what
2: happens after that part?
0: What if someone made a like staged, has anyone ever staged a production of like spring a springtime for Hitler production?
2: I don't think so. I can't imagine when it's. What would you would you do it in the original movie? Uh, which, I will be very honest. <laughs> as much as I love the producers, I find the LSD character to be very hard to watch. Yeah. <laughs> also because Dick Sean was forty five when he did it, and he's supposed to be this hip young kid. Yeah. Sure. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, but would you do springtime for Hitler? Like that, where they uh, the spoken scenes. Like, hey, baby, boo, 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 ba, boo, right? Which also um, stars Fran Fine's mom from The Nanny. No shit. She's the woman who's like,
0: here, leave me That's I
2: that's got Renee it. Taylor. I'm with you. Why do I know her name?
0: Because you will, buy me. Yeah, I
2: could barely get Harvey Corman. <laughs> Renee Taylor. <laughs> But would would you want to do that version, or would you want to do the Roger Debris? I um, think
0: probably more the latter, from my perspective, yeah. would work better if you were actually going to try to like take it on. Because, I mean, there's a lot more like, razzle-dazzle about it. Exactly, which is why I think you could... I mean, there are already a bevy of weird indie movies that mm-hmm. are like, what if, surrounding mm-hmm. Hitler... So I feel and and times are prime for for digging those kinds of theories back out, huh?
2: <laughs> i d I'm not I don't I don't gather that. Do people still like like Hitler?
0: Um ooh. Uh if you have you ever heard of 4chan? <laughs> um never look it up um
2: (laughs) yes and you're right
0: (laughs) uh what are is there anything else I feel like I've been trying to like um come at this from enough angles that I'm helping you kind of cover your love for it but do you (laughs) think there's anything else that you would feel remiss if you didn't speak to it any other like accomplishments of his that
2: should be spoken on or oh man I'm not. I'm not gonna talk about his television career, all of his early life. I'm not gonna <laughs> talk about him doing, like, song and dance routines in the Catskills. Yeah, that's so funny. I think we're yeah, we've t- we're touching. You know, all of all of the movies that I think are really important to me, and I think that are important to culture and comedy. Uh, just if you haven't watched them, go watch them.
0: Okay, I will. I really, there are a few in here that for sure sound uh, like I really want to watch silent movie and high anxiety, uh, because that just sounds like, and that episode of Bob's burgers. (laughs) Oh, you have to, you have to watch
2: it. It's really great. Um, I think they call it the quirk Oh, uh, is the name of it. Um, but yeah, if go, go and seek these Mubbrook's movies out, they're easy to find. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes,
0: baseballs has
2: been on Netflix for like a while now. Yeah, it's always in demand and on demand. <laughs> uh, All right. Yeah, but like silent movie. And silent movies just—it's ridiculous. That and it's sounds amazing. Gags and uh, if you need anything to like help you really get excited about high anxiety, uh, Cloris Leachman is in it with pointy b- pointy boobs and a mustache.
0: Yes, please. So, Cloris what a dream uh how do you feel like your love of mel brooks movies has influenced you both creatively and just kind of your life in general as a human
2: oh man i think creatively i you know and you've seen me improvise Mm -hmm. i i am a just a a repository of things Mm -hmm. i think by watching mel brooks movies i've Soaked up all of that high reference. Sure. The high reference nature that is that. Totally. I make references that are referencing the things that they were referencing. I'm referencing those movies. Uh, I think just the way I kind of process it. Mm -hmm. I've watched them enough that I'm like, I get it. I get like the pacing and the baits. And so when I think about comedy, I think about, you know, isn't this joke working? What joke would be better? Right. So I'm always kind of thinking about. You know how how would mel have done this a little differently wwmd <laughs> speaking of sacrilegious
1: things,
2: <laughs> um, i mean the way yeah i think that's really the biggest thing really think about things i can totally in a see that referential way. i can
0: totally see that in the way that you play for sure in the best way well thank you yeah of course um anything that you feel like, do you feel like there are moments of your life where you look back and like, you know, watching the producers again was the thing that made you know that you were going to be okay. You know, those kinds (laughs) of moments of like, has Mel been there when no one else has?
2: (laughs) Um, I can't think of any specific moments. Mm -hmm. Um, but there, I think there's been a lot of times where I w- I'll watch them kind of as a security blanket. I was especially the producers in Young Frankenstein. Like I just know this is something comfortable. Comfort food. Um, I'm pretty sure I I've kind of blocked the week out in my brain. I'm pretty sure I probably watched the producers right after the election. <laughs> um, I know when Gene Wilder died, I watched Young Frankenstein. I put it in as soon as I got home.
0: Yeah. I watched it that
2: week too. And just sniffled the whole time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He was fucking special. And mm. I'm so glad that he got to work with somebody like Mel who like saw how fucking special he was. <laughs> well, I think we're lucky to be alive
2: th- in an era that we got to see that. And Me too. You know, I was alive in an area where VH ta- tapes were easily readily available. Mm-hmm. And um, that, like, Willy Wonka was our substitute teacher a lot. Oh, we watched Willy Wonka lot. all the time so when I was many. a kid. All the time. Um, which to the point, like, I, as a kid, I got kind of tired of it. Mm. And then looking back at it, I'm like, oh, this is, this movie is not very good. Like, it's very, like, some of it, like, you look at it as, like, objectively. Like, this is not a very pretty film. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Except for... Pure imagination. That is very pretty. Sure, but like some of the acting is bad. But then yes. you see him, and he's just so. I'll give you good. that there he's is. He's so. Some of the good. ensemble
0: acting is like
2: who. Except for Father of Roy Kinnear, who I think is fabulous as as Ruka's dad. Uh huh. But there's a lot of it that's just like Willy Wonka. It's hard to watch, but man, he's just so. He's good. Perfect. No one.
0: I mean who could have embodied that character in the same way?
2: But Johnny Depp mm. sure as fuck didn't. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I don't think he I think he he tried to in a different way.
0: Yeah, sure. He put mm-hmm. his own spin. He put his very mm-hmm. is very, you know, I think there is still uh, some raw dahl to Depp's yeah.
2: performance cuz it's dark as shit. It's so
0: dark and it's so fucking weird and gross. Yeah, but uh, Wilder gives it that like that kind of Mel Brooksian thing of accepting the reality. Mm-hmm. You know
2: what I mean? Like it's as opposed to Johnny Depp who is just like I'm a I'm a big child. I don't know what I'm doing. Right. With Wilder's Wonka, he's he knows what's calculated. Up. Like this you you're very clear that this was the plan. Yeah. And you're also like, wait. Whoa. Those are little <laughs> kids. <laughs> wait. How did he plant all of these golden tickets? Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah. This it's, is.
2: The more you think about it, like, oh, this is gross. There's some
0: sinister shit about that movie for sure. And the but fact I, that
2: it's all filmed in Bavaria. and yeah. There's something like, like, this is not. Amer- is this America? I don't understand.
0: Yeah. And, you know, Charlie's mom stirring that big laundry <laughs> soup. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I don't know how it turned out to uh, a Gene Wilder path so hard at the end. I think just because we hadn't,
2: we probably hadn't well, given him quite my, enough do. I mean, the the big three for me are Gene Wilder, Gene Wilder and vehicles. Yeah, that's a good point. And to think about if it wasn't for, it wasn't for those, we wouldn't have him as Wonka. I wouldn't have had him in a lot of things. Yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. You know, Mel, p- he plucked him out of Broadway to oh, do The shit. Producers. Cool. Like He had been doing a show with a- Anne Bancroft, Mel's wife, and just like, oh, you should, you should, uh, you, should, have, movies. You, <laughs> should Jean, you should have, you should have Gene, you should have Gene Reed for this. Because he, uh, uh, perfect.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, those, yeah, even going back to that, like, zero kissing him on the mouth. Mm-hmm. and just
2: well, I, well, I th- okay then I have to say the other story about the producers was uh, Franz Liebken was played by Kenny Mars who is who is rest his soul who is fabulous mm-hmm. as and I can't think of him I don't know if I've ever seen him do a character without accent <laughs> because um, he's <laughs> Inspector Kemp in Young Frankenstein mm-hmm. uh, to the Yombal- Lombard and, and then in Malcolm in the Middle, he's like a ranch owner, and he's uh, has a German accent. He's right. Like, Hello, yeah, we own this cowboy dude ranch. Right. Uh, but the original plan for Franz Liebken was to have him played by Dustin Hoffman. Oh,
0: my gosh.
2: And... This was in 1967. So he was like a child. <laughs> he was a wee baby. So like the timing Dang. would have been a little weird. Yeah. They would have aged him up. He would have been great. Right.
0: He would have been. That's it. Yeah. I, mean, he I was had, like, he
2: would have been really good. He would have. He, would, he read for it. And um, he got the call. He's like, I've got an audition to read for this movie called The Graduate. And Anne's like, Anne's like, Oh, this, he's not, Mel, just let him go do the audition. He's, I've got the script because Ann Bancroft is Mrs. Robinson. Oh, that's right. That's oh, right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. She's in, She's Mrs. Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, Mel, he's not right for the part. Just let him audition. And he'll come back. Yeah. And, and, then, Mel's, and they, obviously, because they're just like, this, this, you know, goofy looking kid, he's not Benjamin. It uh-huh. doesn't make sense. So it, he'll be back. And then he gets the part of the graduate. Jesus. And then his career goes through the roof.
0: So Dustin Hoffman was just like, Destined to be a huge fucking movie star. Yeah. (laughs) Basically is what I'm hearing.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's like, oh man, I could be in this beautiful Mike Nichols film that Uh defines a generation. Uh Or I could be in this ridiculous Mel Brooks film that defines defines a generation. generation.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like either side of that coin and he's still a huge movie star. Yeah. (laughs) And he got both of those role offerings at basically the same time. That's
2: crazy. Some people are... Some people that are born with it. Yeah. You know.
0: I mean, I think about like this is a, a weird a weird connection, but I think you'll um, follow me on it. I think of about that where like someone like Alison Brie comes up. Mm-hmm. It's like she was on Mad Men and Community at the same time. That is fucking ridiculous. And they're
2: so incredibly different.
0: They couldn't be more different. They couldn't have been more like at the top of both of their – you know, genres at the time. She was great in both of mm-hmm. them. I think about that and I'm just like, so she just was going to have a successful career. <laughs> yeah.
2: She's going to be, oh, okay. she's going to be just fine.
0: Um, Will, thank you so much for doing this with me. It's
2: been my pleasure.
0: It makes me want to watch all these other movies I haven't seen, except maybe life stinks. If you don't, if you don't think we, it's could watch it <laughs> okay. we can watch it together. Okay. Watch it together. Deal. Um, that sounds like a plan to me. Yeah, come on over.
1: (laughs)
2: I'll make the popcorn.
1: I
0: love you, buddy, and I mean that.
2: I love you, too.
1: Baby, how you feeling?
2: This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash to donate today. And go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all, thank
0: you all. I am grabbot23548x.